Welcome to Neon Cauldron. I am Elise Osborne, your host as always, and this has been a very delayed episode um, of the Tarot Diaries series. So I've done every major arcana card except for one, and it's not because I saved it for last, it's because I didn't like it, or I didn't feel like it was quite right. So I've re-recorded it several times, seven to eight times, to be honest, and it just felt like something was missing, you know, that it wasn't a finished work in progress. <laughs> you know, it's like, I try to just roll with putting my foot in my mouth, and um, I don't want to go ahead and try to justify it by, like, bridging it into, like, the art of temperance and tarot and the higher spiritual meaning and all that. If I were going to, I would say, you know, it's like running a bath or something. You gotta kind of play with the faucets a little bit, and then you're like, ouch, or ooh, too cold. And then you've got to keep fucking with it until it comes out in the right temperature. But as far as this goes, I didn't figure out the right temperature. I felt at odds. And then also, in a bigger way, all this shit happened. Before, I felt like I could keep my temperance by having a weekly routine, having days that I did specific things and went places and saw people and I felt like my life was like a little carousel and uh, the carousel stopped and uh, everyone had a lot to be afraid of, a lot to refocus on, Uh, a lot of us were shaken to the core on like what our values for life, how we perceive each other in a, in a bigger picture and it started in this general way where we were just afraid of germs and fatality and then it had extended into the rights of oppressed people and it, it just started becoming something that um, felt like an environment where there needed to be new growth and new voices to come forward and I took pause to reflect on that so I haven't been flowing as much as I had um, because I think it's an important time for us all to recalibrate well I'm gonna get off my little podium and introduce this episode temperance so this is um, a recording I did originally not for Neon Cauldron but it's um, kind of a monologue free flow but it's based on an essay I wrote a while ago um, called The Weirdest Girl in the World and um, the reason why I chose this for the episode of Temperance is um, I think that we willingly or knowingly um, make small little efforts to, over time, influence our environment, how we present ourselves to the world, and how our environment affects us, and how we're responding to that. Like, currently, um, one of my roommates is, like, poking a wall with a stick at an irregular pacing, which is, you know, ideal for recording, um, which reminds me, uh, I have been trying to record this episode so long, I was literally having dreams and nightmares about it, including one that I was in a recording studio recording this, and um, the recording studio door was open, and kind of similar scenario is now, where my roommates were like making all these weird noises, and I was like, hey, can you please be quiet, I'm trying to record, and then for some reason it was a live recording, which I don't do anymore, 
and I'm like wow that's in the mix now like every like ugly little part of yourself every like ideal it all goes into the flow and maybe that's what temperance is it's like uh observing the total package and instead of negating the parts figuring out how they can work together to create the highest vibrational form or whatever you have in mind so here it is um the weirdest girl in the world trigger warning child abuse sexual trauma and profanity so one of the cringiest things about putting yourself out there is once you do it you're out there and that moment is echoed on the motherfucking internet for all of time maybe one day all of humanity will be left to a few scavengers wandering around stomping their boots on old computers and will forget about these waves and maybe this has happened before and all that's left is just a sprinkling in the air coming from nowhere going nowhere and in a hidden invisible canal is the ancient internet where I will be finally laid to rest and all of my cringe content can go to die. Though, I in some ways give no fucks, I can't help but to be afraid. Afraid, afraid, afraid. Because sometimes when I put myself out there, I just have to like shake out all of my anxiety into this Tasmanian devil whirl of weird. When I was a kid, I met this girl, um, my cousin Jenny introduced us, and she says, Elise, meet Iris, she's just as weird as you, which I didn't take as an insult, but a challenge, and this girl was clearly very neurotic, and we ended up talking about, oh, what's your favorite uh, food, you know, we were being so goddamn weird to each other and like kind of just challenging each other as if some kind of quiz back and forth questionnaire could solve who was the weirder one. And um, I was like, kind of didn't like her. I was kind of really turned on by her, but also beta fishing, like, like there could be only one. And, um, I never saw her again. Just kidding. A few years later, I went to, what, my second or third high school? I went to four high schools. They all jumble up in my mind. But anyway, I was back in town, and I go to this high school, and I see these bright, giant blue eyes and this wild hair just staring at me like a feral animal in the library where I spent most of my time because I liked to be alone and read. And I just noticed this like strange witch like looking at me and I would look back at her. We probably were, were so weird. I'm sure we just look like Animal Kingdom or something. I wish I could have heard the narration, but I'm sure... 
I'm sure no one else gave a fuck, but it was just one of those things where I was like intrigued, but not enough to be like, hey, I'm Elise. What's your name? I was just, okay, fine. You go over there now. Then this bitch starts coming up, putting a little note next to me, next to my book of mythology that I'm immersed in. And uh, I didn't read the notes at first. I would read them later in class because I didn't want to expose any vulnerability or something. And um, there were just these like strange letters, sort of cryptic, sort of poetic, sort of sexy, sort of cool. And I would start writing her back. I don't remember exactly what we said. I'm sure they were just badly remembered Tori Amos lyrics or something, but um, we sparked up a real friendship. So this bitch used to drive to my house barefoot and take me out into the country, and then I remember we finally really bonded when we realized we both didn't like eggs. We go to this party in the middle of nowhere, and uh, a friend of hers was an artist and her father was an artist and they would have this annual pig roast and there was all these little kids running around and the house looked like an old mission and we were feeding each other fruit on a big wooden table in front of a bunch of old hippies and um it was extremely you know as a teenager the hormones were thick it was it was very horny and then um we would start hanging out more and more. I would I would spend time at her house and we would let each other read our fucking journals, which was very, very, uh, you know, we were very, like, secretive about what we put in there, which is weird because everything we wrote was encrypted and, and uh, like, and insane. And it, I mean, seriously, it was fresh out the 90s and the... Dada is blah 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 was not lost at all in our works so we would share these poems and stuff and these encrypted I keep saying encrypted and I keep saying it improperly so there you go <laughs> it's a free it's a free prize bitch enjoy it so we were reading each other our poetry and she reads this poem it's this deep and demented love poem it made me uncomfortable and I was asking her who it was about and she said it was about her dad's friend who was in his 40s and how they had this strong romantic soul merging uh, sexual romance when she was 10 to 12 years old and then he broke it off because he said that he was nervous about her father finding out and when I heard that I thought oh you mean he was no longer attracted to you because you're going through puberty but I didn't say that I was just like don't you think it's strange that he was so old and she just threw her wild hair back and put her chin out and said like no he saw me for who I was inside you know an ageless being which I don't doubt is partially true, but I started realizing when I had met her, she was being molested in secret by someone 
in close proximity to her and so was I and we didn't know how to process it and we were I'm sure like completely disassociating through our experiences I did not have the same circumstances as her but we started wearing eccentricity like a cloak like this puzzling labyrinth that says do not come further I can't I can't deal with it I can't deal with any more vulnerability betrayal I can't be hurt anymore I have to protect myself and me this powerless little creature what am I allowed you know not an AK-47 if you will but a pair of mismatched tights and perhaps wearing stickers over my nipples under a baby doll t-shirt yeah that's what I got and I was realizing this whole competition the beta fish of deciding who was the weirder bitch was almost like um it was like we were seeing ourselves and seeing okay but why are you doing this how far are your caverns like how much can you hide and the more we're mirroring i'm realizing i'm seeing myself and what the fuck are you doing because i know i know that it's not just for attention it's for a psychic scramble so you can be hidden in the fog of it so we do all these things to protect ourselves and we all have our different leanings I mean I feel pretty weird despite being molested I'm sure I'd be weird for life no matter what but that definitely didn't fucking help feeling alienated this girl was amazing she was wild and strange and I may never see her again but I also could you know, I could see her with some grainy Facebook photo of her smiling in front of an old car. It doesn't represent who she is whatsoever in her life at all. There could be years of like awkward fashion choices in, the, in 2010, you know, just as I have those same things. And the more I think about it, when I imagine someone who wants to hire me for an event to be a tarot reader somebody that wants to see if I'm a real artist and finding like awkward fucking videos I've done or really strange moments where I'm like high as a fucking kite acting a fool and imagining oh this person is not a credible person they're not a person they're just a fluff of dumbass weirdness and they'll be gone with the breeze like any other underachiever sad loser bitch that could be on this massive thing we call the internet but I also like it I also like it I like wearing my heart on my sleeve letting my freak flag fly and sometimes it's just a tactic so that people would break their ankles at the gate and not really come towards me so I can't get hurt I could stay protected and sometimes it's like the expansion of a lotus where all these funky things happen in nature just so it can keep expanding ever 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 
ever on like the big bang bitch like starlight each method of thinking about a uh disgraced internet press presence is is for nothing you know like you can only speculate how people perceive you anyway and curate it to a point but i think there's always a tell and i'm not sure always what my mirror is showing me but i do know that i'm not afraid of it anymore being some kind of creature too weird for words too boring too disorganized to live or die and someday I will and this is all that's left of me until the internet is gone as well <laughs>